Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. How are we doing, Gap Church? Oh, y'all too quiet for me. How are we doing, Gap Church? I want you to extend a compliment to one or two people. A lot of people dressed in some trad today. Y'all look nice. Everybody looks good. How many of us are excited to be in the house of the Lord today? You could be anywhere else. But you're in God's house. All right. So um, first and foremost, welcome to the month of April, everybody. Come on. Is 2023 not flying by or not? It is. It is. Um, But welcome to a month. What do they say? April showers bring May flowers. And I pray over you specifically that whatever showers of blessings need to meet you in your home this month, so shall it be in Jesus' name. Um, and so many of us, we saw quarter one and we were like, God, what did you give me in Q1? Q1, you know, everybody's on Twitter. Oh, Q1 this, Q1 that. And I want you to just know that God doesn't work in quarters. He doesn't need quarterly definitions to move. He can do what took some people three months to accomplish in one day. So keep trusting him. Keep staying in your prayer closet and believing that he will come through because he will. All right. Let us pray. Merciful Father, we invite you to completely capture our attention in this place right now. Call upon you, Spirit of the living God, to take these simple words and bring it to life in the name of Jesus. God, I release myself completely to you. Lord God, take over my voice, take over my mind, and let it be used for your purpose. Father God, make the hearts of your people fertile ground for that which you will say. And I pray, oh God, that when we leave this atmosphere, we will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. Go ahead and clap it up. All righty. So um, the title of today's message, let's just pray. Those who are in first service, we're just going to ask God to just help us actually preach what I prepared um, instead of just doing something else. Uh, but, <laughs> but can you tell your neighbor that the title of today's message is called Due Process? Come on, say it with your chest. Y'all too quiet for me. What is it called? Due process, due process. And um, well, don't go away, Ben. I just told y'all to be quiet. Where the band at? Come on, stay on. Where y'all go? Uh-uh, not, okay, they there. Okay, they're going to come back. Don't worry. Um, so we don't have a lot of time before us today because we are going to definitely enjoy our Thanksgiving Sunday. But um, I did want us to, um, to make sure that we are paying much attention. You don't have to. You good? Yeah, thank you. Just stay, just stay there. Just need you like, you know, comfort partner. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right. So due process when, when the Lord gave me literally the message in the shower, because the Lord just going to give you a message anywhere. Are you tracking with me? Yeah. Who, how many of y'all have ever received a word from God in a very unusual place, right? You like, listen, I was in my prayer closet like for hours and you said nothing. Um, but he was like, this is what you're going to preach about. So I went to work and I began studying it. And so let's define due process. Due process is a, a law application by state or legal rules and principles pertaining to the case of a legal right that is owed to a person. It is a legal right in the United States, in many countries, that is owed to a person. But I really want you to know this definition. 
due process balances the power of the law of the land and protects the individual's persons from it. Due process takes the power of the law of the land and protects you from it. It's the reason why when you get a speeding ticket, hello, um, come on, you could be honest. Listen, I be listen. I had a little sports car when I first got out of a, a grad school, and I had a speeding ticket about it just because you know sometimes you just don't feel the speed. But some of us who you listen, y'all are being real judgy right now, like you haven't gotten a speeding ticket. But how many of us know that when you get a speeding ticket, you get an option to appeal it, right? So true story, true story. So I was on Kennedale Highway, that, you know that weird highway that starts in Kennedale and then it becomes Fort Worth. Well, it's like Mansfield and then Kennedale and then Fort Worth, but it's like Kennedale for like two seconds, right? It's not that long. So I'm over here driving, you know, cruising in my sports car, um, and was <laughs> and was a was a was the speed limit 40? Yes. Who knew? I don't know. Um, but that day, clearly, I couldn't read. Um, and I found myself right around, you know, like 58, um, you know, pushing it. And typically, it's not an issue because when you're in the backwoods of Texas driving those country roads, no one is usually there, right? I mean, usually. You know, you can literally, it's just like some farmland, some tumbleweeds, you know, a couple of old buildings. So I was like, ain't nobody going to see me. I'm just going to live my life. You know, so I'm, you know, bumping Lecrae, just, yeah, you know, living my best life. And I find myself, woo, 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 pulled over right before I get to the bridge that crosses me to Fort Worth. And it's none other than Canada Police Department. And how many of us know that these small town police departments have time? Listen, <laughs> they have, to, it just always seems like the big city folks don't get you, but the small town people, they have time. And let me tell you, they have time to waste your time. And I was pulled over and it was really, really uncomfortable because obviously my first guard was like, ooh, you know me, you know, it's like record, record everything that's happening. But I was wrong. I mean, record or not, I was in the wrong. I was driving way too fast. Of course, the first thing that happens when you get a speeding ticket, what do they usually ask you? Do you know why you're being pulled over? It's like, this is a dumb question. Like, I know why I'm being pulled over. But you know, you, you have the front, because you know the pride comes up. No, why am I being pulled over? And he's like, um, you were going, you know, you were going about 15 miles per hour above the speed limit. And I said, who said that? Let me see it. Um, and he was like, uh, my reader here, uh, you know, he's just giving, he's doing his job. And I was like, dang, they really gonna get me. So in my head, I'm already estimating how much this ticket's gonna cost. You know, I'm like, it's going to be tops, 150. I'll clear it. Cool. So, um, you know, you use that confidence. When, even when you don't have money, you're like, 150, I'll take care of it. So he gives me the ticket, and he was like, yeah, you know, this and this and that. And so I put the ticket on my seat, and I said, okay, when I get to my destination, I'll review the details of the ticket. I look at the ticket when I get to my destination. And why is that ticket $450? I said, also, I'm paying your salary with my uh, speeding ticket. $450. And in thin lines underneath, he said, it says you have the right to appeal. You have the right to appeal. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, $450 though? Come on. That's crazy. So I have to appeal because, you know, I'm a principled woman. You know, I'm like, yeah, I was speeding, but $450 worth of speeding? Did anybody die? No. Did I hit anything? No. <laughs> So I have to, and of course, small town people can, or small town departments can do waste your time, right? So I schedule an appointment to go, you know, to the, the town hall. And so 
Kennedale's so small that the town hall was also the police station, was also the fire station, <laughs> was also like the utility. So everything's in one building, you know. So I get there. And of course, when I get there, they're like, oh, the judge isn't here yet. I'm like, so why ain't going to be here? Oh, you're just going to have to wait. So I'm now I'm waiting to beg. Pride. Um, so I waited patiently. And I explained the situation to the person. The person was like, okay. Okay, but you were speeding right now. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. Okay, um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you feel like you deserve? I said, I don't deserve to pay 450. That's what I know. He's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, unfortunately, um, the law here states that whenever you're going, had you just been going a few miles per hour less, I could have let this slide. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to charge you this amount. I was like, huh? I was like, I got a payment plan? Because, you know, I had a little trip planned <laughs> coming. I said, y'all got a payment plan? He's like, no, it, it's due in 30 days. So I paid the 450 This thing about law is funny. Because, you know, us as Christians, especially New Testament Christians, we ride on grace. You know? So me being a Christian that believes in grace, I just really be like, I really feel that, the law of this country needs to catch up with the grace principle, you know? Because I was so sure that I was going to walk in there and he was not going to make me pay that much money. And sure enough, he was like, I get what you're saying and I appreciate your appeal, but this is the law. This is the law. Let me tell you something about due process. Due process typically determines what is fair. It is supposed to balance both the law and fairness, and more than ever, due process makes sure justice is served. Justice is served. If we look in the Old Testament, we see many times where God's justice had to be served. He had a law, the, the book of Leviticus. If, we, if this was a Bible study, I would comb through the book of Leviticus where there were so many laws about who you could marry, what you could wear, what you could eat on certain days of the week. There were so many laws that govern the way people live. But how many people know that all these laws were definitely difficult to keep up with, right? And so that's why in the New Testament we see that Jesus came to simplify the laws so that you don't end up living this big litigious life, right? Where you're having to figure out, well, today's Friday, so should I be eating meat? Um, and tomorrow is Thursday, so should I, should, I, should I preach today or am I allowed to go into the temple? He did his best to simplify. In fact, the Bible tells us, and again, I don't want to skip to the Easter message that I know we're going to hear, but that's part of why Jesus died and he resurrected because he had to go into hell and rip the veil. He had to literally defy the odds and go against the law to prove that his blood still works so we have this God that clearly shows us that he knows that what he showed us in the book of Leviticus was too tough but then he went all the way in the New Testament and clarified it and simplified it but he didn't do away with the law he didn't do away with the law so you mean to tell me that grace is present but the laws still stand Bible says or I'll say this in Amos chapter 5, verse 24. I'm sorry, media, I didn't give you that one. Amos 5, 24 says, Instead, let justice flow like a stream and righteousness like a river that never goes dry. 
So you mean to tell me that justice is like a stream? Streams are continuous. You can always depend on a stream to be there. If we were people that worked and lived on a land, a stream is where we would get our water from to drink. A stream is where we would get our water from to bathe. A stream is literally where we would wash our clothes. A stream would be our lifeline. That means that the justice and the law system is supposed to be a continuous provision to keep us in order. It's not your enemy. And so many times us in this world, we don't want to be held down. We feel like sometimes these laws that God is asking of us are too strict. They're too much. Let me tell you something about laws and due process. People are innocent until they are proven guilty. That's going to be something else for somebody later. People are innocent until they are proven guilty. The burden of proof in any case, no matter how small, is on the accuser. Burden of proof. The burden of proof in any case, no matter how small the case is, is on the accuser. Let's talk about burden of proof. I am by far not a lawyer, so don't quote me because some of y'all in here like, here she go. Burden of proof in any case is on the accuser. There is the law that God honors and respects us to follow. And now, real quick, let me just simplify this before I get into burden of proof. Obviously, we know Ten Commandments. He didn't say don't follow the Ten Commandments just because Jesus died, right? So you're still not supposed to lie, all right? You're supposed to not murder. You're supposed to not to lust after your own wife, commit adultery, rather. There are still these laws, right, that we definitely need but then there's this part about burden of proof and the accuser and i begin to ask god about these accusations things because sometimes you'll be living in a, you're, you, the way life moves for you is as if you're always in trouble have you ever been in a time in your life with god where you always feel like you have to defend your place with him that you're constantly having to almost like remind yourself that you're still his child Almost having to remind yourself that, okay, I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. There's a lot of people who have church hurt. And the reason why they have church hurt is because there's an accusation speaking against their freedom to come back in the place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Think about the things that accuse you on a daily basis. Here. Accuse your spending habits. Whataburger accuses some people's spending habits. Let me, let me make it simple for you. There are a lot of things that are set up to accuse the things that God is wanting to do through you. To make you feel like you're not worth it. And you're not the right person for the job. You're not, you don't deserve to be here. This is like imposter syndrome. The syndrome that takes us over when God has finally answered our prayer and given us favor and finally we're in the room doing amazing things, meeting people we never thought we were supposed to meet. And there's a still silent voice and saying, you don't belong here. You're awkward. They're not going to take you seriously. You should probably leave. Oh, you should have wore the other pair of shoes. You look crazy. You know what that voice sounds like. In fact, that voice sometimes is so loud that you bow to it. Sometimes you decide to leave early before the event ends, and the person that you're supposed to meet, you never meet. Sometimes you find yourself struggling to come up with the confidence 
to speak up and then you suddenly shrink back and leave. Sometimes that accusation makes you not apply for that school. Sometimes that accusation makes you procrastinate and you never end up submitting the scholarship application that God had your name on. Sometimes that accusation robs you of God's favor, robs you of God's best for you. Have you ever felt an accusation that was so heavy? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't understand, you know, I feel like if anything, I accuse myself. Who said that you can't be the accuser? Maybe the burden of proof that you've accepted is your past. You see what you've done in the past. You know the kind of person you are. You know that you're angry and you have a lot of rage. You know who you can be. You can get buck real quick. Everybody thinks you're nice and gentle, but let it be the wrong day. And because of that, you've decided, I'm not going to get too close to people. That accusation is robbing you of so much that God wants to do. What is the burden of proof that you're carrying? Maybe you looked at yourself and you know that you're not diligent. Like, you want the results of the weight loss, but you're not going to put in the work. So you on TikTok, how to lose weight in nine days, because that's when the event that you want to go through is how to find my waist again, you know, just <laughs> it's like, or, or how to make gains fast. You know, sometimes the burden of proof we carry is also revealing the lack of discipline we have. Indiscipline becomes your burden of proof. Hello, this is about to get real personal because some of us, you don't need another fast or another prayer session. You just need to be disciplined. <laughs> like you just need to really commit to your goals and stop giving the enemy something to accuse you about, right? It's like amazing how sometimes, and I don't know if you've ever been ex experiencing that where in one season, God is definitely showing you specifically what he wants you to do in your life, right? Or he's showing you what's to come. He's showing you, maybe you have visions of you meeting the certain people and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I know this is perfect. But then there's all these granular things that he needs you to do before you get there. And for some reason, you can't figure out a way to commit yourself to it. Are you understanding? Like, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Like, even in my life, I look at it sometimes. I have these big goals. But sometimes we keep thinking that these big things are supposed to happen in a one-time way. But God is calling us to walk in diligence. He's calling us to walk in diligence. Let me stay on track here. I want us to understand that there's a due process that God requires of you to make you mature, maturity. There is a due process that God requires of you because he wants you to grow into what you're expecting him. I realize this thing about sometimes the things that we pray about that sometimes what can be a prize today or a prize tomorrow can be poison today. Have you ever noticed that sometimes we immaturely capture the things that we don't have the hands to carry yet? I have been in places in my life where I believe God for something and I finally got it and I mishandle it. 
bruh, like, let's, let's talk. We sometimes want to rush to get things. This is, this is the thing I have about this generation that we live in that I struggle with is I actually, I sometimes really feel bad for this generation at times. And I don't, I don't mean to like, I'm in this generation too, don't. Millennials, Gen Z, what is it, Alpha? The people coming next? Yeah, we still don't know what we're going to get with them. But I think we're in a very vulnerable place because we didn't have to, most of the time, like, think about the generations. I would say even for my millennials, we didn't have to necessarily grow up with so much attention and comparative information. Like, I could make a mistake without an audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be bullied at school and only the bully and the bully's friends know about it. Now, if you're bullied, it's online. And all these people know, right? So, so the, the contention is so big. I get it now. You know, when you see people, unfortunately, end their lives because of social pressure, I don't downplay it because that thing is embarrassing. All I had was my top five friends on MySpace. Who was going to talk to me? Like, it was just literally like the people I talked to at school. That was it. But now you have people who can go viral and just get overnight success, and they don't have the integrity or the character to manage it. So they make one mistake, and they do one thing, and all of a sudden they blow it. So could it be that maybe God's due process is protecting you from that? There's so many things that God has to slow you down to achieve first so that your, the exposure doesn't expose your dirt. Doesn't expose your dirt. I was looking at it the other day. I was like, you know, being a celebrity must be hard because I'm like, <laughs> Like, you mess around and have a bad day, and they will literally call you out your name, you know? But sometimes not being known is really nice. Because if I, you know, you, know, you ever wonder, like, you know, sometimes, like, it'd be the one time you go to Walmart without looking right, that's when you see somebody you don't know. It's always Walmart, too. Never Target. And it always seems that that embarrassment, imagine that embarrassment you feel, that's what somebody has to feel every day because they're exposed. But when you have... The ability to manage it, God has built in this process in you that you know how to manage these things. Amen. So let's talk about due process. We've talked, thank God, for the Purpose series. Can we just clap it up for that amazing series we just ended? <laughs> process, the, the process really starts with those messages. I hope you will go back and listen to it. Hope you will go back and really understand how to identify your call because that is part of the due process God is putting us through. But the second thing I really want to talk about here is accountability. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be quick here because I already feel people hit it. Um, accountability, is sometimes it's your parents that will help you keep accountable, but sometimes your parents don't have the capacity and you need other people. That's, that's real talk, Right? So sometimes the, do, the people that are going to assist you in that due process and remind you of those laws are going to be the people that trust you, but you have to be accountable to somebody. Don't think that you can live this life without accountability. Somebody's got to be double-checking your work. I, big, honestly, honest, honestly, I'm going to be transparent with y'all. I'm a terrible speller. Thank God for spell check, okay? I had, you know how they say, like, give a kid a bunch of books to read and they'll be a great speller? Lies. I read so much growing up, and I'm still a bad speller. And thank God for spell check. But do you even know that I have to get sometimes people to proofread at this stage? 
And that's because I know that in order for me, because sometimes, how can, you know, sometimes you get to a certain level in your life and it's the little things that make you look nonsensical. Like, oh, she, she I thought she was, she can't even spell definitely. I can't, okay? <laughs> I can't spell definitely. So, so accountability. Next up. Sustainability requires diligence. I've talked about diligence already. Really, I want you to understand that don't pluck your seed in its immaturity. Some of us are so, so focused on the end goal. We just want the end product so bad. We just want to see it in its end form. And, and it doesn't matter how much you water a seed. If you're not careful, if you pour too much water too soon, it will drown. Some of you are drowning your potential because you're in a rush. You're in a rush to come out. But let me know, and this is not the message, but I want us to know that take time in your buried season. Be okay being buried and not being sprouted out yet everybody can see it. You get what I'm saying? Many people may not understand your potential, but just understand that God does. And that is enough affirmation. I said this in the first service, but I'll give more context. One thing about due process is that you really have to stop trying to get every one of your friends to move up at the same time with you. Like, I know you really want everybody around you to win at the same time, but it's not going to work. Not everybody is going to thrive off of the same diet. Honestly, there are some people's body composition that do really, really well with being vegan. Some people do really, really well with eating paleo. And if you're not careful, you're going to like, oh, this is what God showed me. So I think you need to pray and fast with me too. That might not be their calling. Let's be 100%. And some of us are really going to have to start grieving the ending of relationships and friendships now. So that when the time comes, you can let it go. And you're not spending time that you're supposed to be flourishing, grieving what was once lost, right? Some friendships really, and I know you hear this, like people can't go, not everybody can go with you, but I feel like someone really needs to hear that, that start the grieving process now because a shift is happening in your life. And these relationships really, really cannot come with you. That doesn't mean that person is a bad person. That just means that the, you're coming to a fork in a road where you got to go right, they got to go left. They're going to thrive in what they're doing. But if they continue to be with you, both of y'all are going to be diminished. You're going to fail. So sometimes letting someone go is really a blessing in disguise. You know, it's affirming that this person has the ability now to fulfill their potential and their call. Can I get an amen? amen? And I want you to understand that sometimes during due process, you got to learn to get up and eat. Let me explain that to you. Band can come back up. I was looking at the story of Elijah. I love reading about Elijah. He was just a, a prophet. I don't know why. It's not like I like to run away from people and like confront like the gods of, or the prophets of Baal like he does. But I just really, I relate to him a lot. And I, and I love this, this part of his story that he talks, that, that talks about when he was going through like significant depression. And I want to actually lean into the fact that when you're going through due process, you're going you're gonna to go through seasons of depression and serious anxiety. 
listen, I want us to know that anxiety is not a, it is not a signal that you're in the wrong place. Being anxious is not a signal that what you're doing is not, a, that is not on the right track. Having depression is not saying I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm off through it. No. Unfortunately, as long as, as we're in this flesh, we're subject to the things of the flesh. Sometimes you're going to go through serious, radical, spiritual situations that are going to cause your flesh to become anxious. Are you, are you hearing? That was, a, that was a deliverance for somebody. That sometimes you're going to be going through serious spiritual maturing and your flesh experiences deep depression. And this is where you need to learn how to take care of the flesh so that the due process can work in the spirit. Some of you need to just get up and eat. Take care of yourself. Bible says Elijah was distraught. He was like, I want to die. I want to die. I want to get, you know, I want to end my life. This is this. These bo- and God, what did God tell him? God didn't tell him to fast. <laughs> he didn't tell him, go to, deep, go to deeper knife and lay on the altar, sling yourself. It'll all be okay. He said, eat. This is crazy, but some of you are going to have to learn to just get up and eat. Get up and take care of yourself. Wash your face. Be dignified while you're going through your process. No one always needs to know what you're going through by your disposition. Sometimes you need to really start dressing up like your answer prayer. And stop looking raggedy like you still going through it. That's the honest truth. And do you know how, how much that upsets the enemy when we do that? Because it's like, wow, this person, this person has the, the right to not look like what they're going through. I'm not telling you to to pretend, but I'm telling you to defy the enemy. Telling you to silence the accuser that is whispering in your ear. Sometimes you have to lay out the clothes the night before just so that you won't talk yourself out of not being your best. Go ahead and rise up to your feet. Quickly, I want us to I want you to hold the hands of your partner. I'm going to have us just do some corporate prayer. Hold the hands of the person next to you. And I want you to pray over that person that, Lord God, there is a due process that this person needs to go through. Lord, I pray for them. Begin to pray for them. That I pray in the name of Jesus that, that they will experience great counsel and help. That this word will make so much sense to them. That as they're going through their due process, they will not fail. They will not procrastinate. They will not operate out of fear that Lord God Almighty, they will operate in great favor and great purpose. They will see your glory in the name of Jesus. That God Almighty, this word that has come forth, oh God, bring it to light. Bring it to life, oh God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to pray this prayer right now. In Jesus' name. I want us to decree and declare that every accusation that the enemy has spoken over you is silenced. In the name of Jesus. Pray with authority right now that every single accusation that raises its head against me, 
when I'm on the path of destiny, when I'm in the right place at the right time, is silenced in the name of Jesus. Lord God, mute, destroy every accusing voice that is speaking against my destiny. When you're in the right rooms and that voice is telling you you're not supposed to be there, we come against imposter syndrome. We come against the imposter, the imposition of the enemy that wants to destroy you, the burden of proof that the enemy is trying to show you. We silence the accuser in the name of Jesus. Every mind game, every trick of the enemy that is penetrating into your mind to tell you that you're not ready, that no, it's not time, that you need to, you need more time. No, you, the Lord is saying you don't need more time. That it's time for you to launch out. It's time for you to claim. It's time for you to stop hiding. I don't know who this is for, but the Lord is wanting me to tell you that it's stop hiding. Stop hiding. That enough is enough. I don't want you to hide anymore. That enough is enough. I need you to come out confidently. The Lord is telling me, come out. Stop hiding. Stop burying under your potential. Stop bringing excuses under your indiscipline that I'm ready to launch you out. That won't you work with me? Are you ready to submit to my way? Are you are you are you giving me excuses still the one lord said that stop i want you to i want you to take this word and submit to my authority that in the name of jesus he will back you up if that word was for you i just want you to tell the heavens right now that lord i receive that word over my life i want you to wave to the heaven i receive the word over my life i receive my launching out i receive my launching oh lord i don't want to hide anymore i'm coming out of hiding i'm coming out of being buried in my potential i'm coming out of being silenced Lord God, use me, use my voice, use my hands, use my mind, use my creativity. Encourage me, oh Lord God, help me to get up and eat. Help me to get up and eat. I won't starve myself anymore. I won't look like what I've been through. I won't be deserted in the wilderness any longer. Lord, you're going to help me to get up and eat. Nourish me, oh Lord. Nourish me, oh Lord. Baptize me in your spirit. Give me unction to function. Give me grace to dom dominate in the name of Jesus. Give me audacity to speak, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. No longer will I be silenced, oh God. I'm going to apply for the scholarship. I'm going to start the business. I'm going to get ready to see what God wants to do my life. I'm not giving God any more excuses. I'm not holding back on my potential. I'm not going to wait till I have enough money to the side. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to back it up with my faith and believe in him. I'm going to sow. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to do everything that God has asked me to do before. I'm going to follow through. I no longer will I procrastinate. We come against that spirit of procrastination that is robbing you of your potential right now. In the name of Jesus, we come against the spirit of procrastination that is holding you down. We come against it's a spirit of mental manipulation, depressive thoughts, negative thoughts and counsel of the ungodly, accusation thoughts. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I decree over you that you will launch out. You're going to be the shining star, the shining star. You're going to be the shining star. The Lord said he's ready to clean you up and bring you out. The Lord said he's ready to clean you up and bring you out. He said, stop looking for affirmation and confirmation. My word is enough. I've given you enough of what you need. Everything you have is what you need. Look around. I have a staff on your right hand. I've given you purpose. I've given you a voice. Use your voice. Use your voice. Stop being silent. Stop hiding behind your introvertedness. The Lord said stop hiding behind your introvertedness. The Lord said he wants to use you as you are. The Lord said stop hiding behind your personality. He wants to use you just as you are. Oh Lord, we receive this word. We receive this word, oh Lord. 
We thank you, God, for what you've done in this atmosphere. We pray, oh God, for every word of prophecy that has just gone forth, that you back it up with your assurance. Show these people that you can be trusted. Show the Gap Church that you can be trusted. And Lord God, may there be evidence of what you have done in this atmosphere. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, come on, give us some Jesus joy. I want this energy in this place like you just received a word for your life, that you just got a confirming word. Come on, come on. Thank you for tuning into the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.